Hello, and welcome to the Give and Go podcast on Game Time CT. This is your spot for girls high school basketball in Connecticut. My name is Scott Erickson, and I am joined by super producer Pete Pagalaga. Pete, how are you this morning? Good, Scott. I missed you. It's been uh, it's been a long time. I know. We've had a little vacation there in, in the Christmas and New Year's. And it all fell. Everything happened. Yeah, it was, everything fell on the day that we would possibly do the podcast, and it didn't really work out, but now we have so much to talk about, though. So much, and I've just been itching to come back up here. I was, like, sitting there on the... Because I think Christmas was New Year's Eve. I yep. mean, Chris, Christmas was New Year's Eve. Christmas was a Tuesday. New, New Year's, Year's was a Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Yep. I, I wanted to come up and talk some girls' hoops, but we're back. Uh, I've seen some good games uh, over the last couple weeks when I wasn't on vacation. Um, starting with last week, I went to uh, Wilbur Cross to see Wilbur Cross crumble. Awesome cross-conference game. Trumbull pulled it out. I like Wilbur Cross a lot, though. I, I think they're going to be a team... That we're going to watch. They beat Hill House last night. Came they're, back they're, to beat Hill House. I mean, yeah. That was a big, big time comeback. Um, they were down. I think they they were down by. I don't. I actually read the story because I posted it. That's nice. But yeah, uh, yeah, they, <laughs> they went on a twenty-three to seven run there in the second quarter to uh, to take the lead and uh, hold on to beat their rivals, which was always a good one. Nice city rivalry game. That's a great city rivalry. But uh, Wilbur Cross, uh, you know, like I said, team to watch. They got five seniors in that team. Uh, who are starters, and then a couple others that come off the bench. Uh, they're dangerous. They they could have beaten Trumbull in that game. You know, Trumbull pulled away and made other free throws down the stretch, but Wilbur Cross easily could have gotten out of there. They're going to knock somebody out in the double L tournament. You know, once it all works itself out, they'll probably be like a mid seed, uh, but a really dangerous mid seed when they get there. Um, but this kind of highlights a thing in girls basketball that I love, and that is these good teams schedule really good out of conference games for themselves in December and early January. And I was talking to Steve Tobich, the Trumbull coach, about it, and he's like, look, in our leagues, the, some of the bottom half teams are not that strong. Yeah. And that's just the way the leagues are. You know, the leagues are a little top-heavy in girls' basketball. He says, we're, we are pretty sure we're going to the state tournament every year. Why wouldn't we come to Wilbur Cross and play a game? Why They play Hamden in a couple weeks yep. at their place. Uh, that was supposed to be at Webster Bank, but it's going to be at their place. Uh, they played Massac. Um, I, I mean – scheduling those games helps you a ton when you get into the state tournament as opposed to just going out and rolling over some team just to pick up a win and maybe have a better seating. Uh, but we've seen it with New London. Uh, they played Cap Prep, East Haven, Hand, Notre Dame Fairfield. Uh, their only loss is to a tough uh, team from Rhode Island that they lost to out of state. Uh, Norwalk plays Pomperog and Cromwell. Hamden played Weaver, NFA, Trumbull. Uh, East Haven played New London, East Lyme. Uh, there was a great game last weekend. Notre Dame Fairfield went and played Canton. Canton's an S school. They yep. don't play a lot of tough teams in their conference. Notre Dame Fairfield went down there and played them. They beat them. Uh, Notre Dame Fairfield won, but Canton got a really good game out of it. Canton also scheduled Farmington, which was one of the better teams in Double L last year. Uh, they're obviously having a little bit of a down time this year. Uh, Windsor's played four teams from New York State. Uh, Notre Dame Fairfield played New London, Mercy, Canton, Thomaston, uh, and their only loss in that run is is to New London. So you got to give these schools a lot of credit for playing these games. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a big fan of out-of-conference games and having the better teams play throughout the year together as opposed to just when we get to the state tournament and you even see Canton, a Class S school, bouncing around all the classes. Um, but my thing is, is this because these teams want to play better teams or – is just girls basketball 
the talent is just completely different. I, you know, there's it's so top heavy, or you know, there's you know the the good teams are really good, and the the not so good teams are not really that good. Where, right. you know, maybe these coaches are tired of playing these sixty point games. I yeah. mean, there are some that they're going to have to play because that's how the conferences work. But do you think the coaches are just tired of being like, yeah. we're playing, we're not getting any competition, we're not playing, we're not getting better throughout the year, and then you get to the state tournament, you get knocked out in the second round, and it's like. We even like break a sweat this year. Winning a game by fifty points does little good for either team. Yeah, I've always said that. And I especially mean, if you're a team that you know you're going to get to the state. Look, it right. takes eight wins to get to the state tournament. Trumbull's in the state tournament. That yeah. win over Wilbur Cross got them in, yeah. so they're in. I it's mean, not. It's look. It's it's nothing against teams that make the state tournament. I know there are some programs who have to get there. When they get their eight wins, it's very exciting. That said, it is not hard to go to the state tournament in Connecticut high school sports. No. So five hundred or a little less. Yeah, four, you can be less than five hundred. Uh, yeah. And uh, so I think these teams are probably taking control. And it's like, okay, we don't mind getting in with 10 wins if those 10 losses are to 10 really good teams that make us better. Yeah. And if you look at the SEC, the SWC, the FCAC, it's pretty clear that there's a top half and a bottom half. And a lot of times the bottom half teams don't really have a shot against, you know, if you look at uh, the, the uh, FCAC, like Trumbull, Trinity, those teams this year are really good teams at the bottom are not going to beat them. Yeah. So what good does it do to play all those teams, win, like you said, by 50 points, then get into the state tournament? You're completely untested. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, uh, we've talked about it on these airways, or at least I have. Everyone knows my infatuation with the Bircher League. Um, but you see Thomaston out there, and, you know, Coach Bob McMahon did that a couple of years ago, or more than a couple, when I was there. He started playing. They won that first state tour, uh, championship, and then he played in, like, the Notre Dame Fairfield Christmas tournament. Yeah. And they started playing all these at a conference game. They played even – they even played my high school from Long Island. They beat them. He <laughs> never lets me live that down. Every time he sees me, he's like, St. John's. But, um, you know, you could see because, you know, in the regular season, they used to play 20 Berkshire League games. Right. And it's like you go eighteen and two in the Berkshire League, but you're going to get into the state tournament. I mean, back then Capital Prep too was playing in Class S, but right. that changed. But like you're playing some of these, you know, you look like a Class S school like Trinity. Yeah, they're not playing twenty Berkshire League schools. No, they're playing know? double L. Schools yeah, they're playing Trinity. double yeah. L and L schools the majority yeah. of the season. So when they get to the state tournament, this is that kind of cake. Right. So like you need to prepare yourself for no matter who is in your tournament. So it's kind of nice to see these teams, even the smaller teams or from the smaller conferences going out, playing bigger opponents, playing bigger schools, playing bigger teams, where it's like, all right, even if we lose by 10 or we lose by 6 or we keep it closer, even if we win, it's like, okay, now we know we can compete and we know where we stand going to the state tournament instead of going in at 19-1 and one and being like, we crushed everyone in our conference, and then you play someone from like a halfway decent conference and you lose at home by 40. And it's it's a matter of seeding. I mean, if, if it's important to you to have a top four seed and keep those home games and you're not going to schedule really good teams in an effort to do that, fine. But you're in worse shape, yeah. I think, when you get to the tournament. As if if you go in, if you lose a couple of these games here or there, and you go into the tournament as a six or seven or ten seed or whatever because you have a few losses. Yep. I still think you're better off than that number one seed that didn't play anybody. Yep. You know because you've played competitive games all season. I've seen it time and time again in all sports. In these in these. You look at Class S, even Class M sometimes. You look at these smaller conference schools that just play each other, and they come in, and then a team from across the state that they've never seen or never heard of comes in, and all of a sudden, they beat you. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what happened? And it's like, they've been playing a lot better teams throughout the year, and they're ready to go, and they completely caught you. You just haven't played those kind of teams, so... 
it's it's nice to see in that sense because these teams are getting better and they don't mind going in. Back then, you know, granted, home home court advantage is still important, but it just seems like it's less important now where it's like I'd rather get in with 12 wins against 12 really good teams or then get in at night with 19 wins as the one seed and lose in the first round. And I think it's brilliant what Canton did. I mean, look, if you're going to win Class S, you're going to have to beat at some point probably a private school. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. To get through that tournament. So go schedule Notre Dame Fairfield. They're not a Class S school. They're a Class M school, but you play them. Yeah. Find out what it's like. See what it is with a team that, that pulls kids from other communities. Yep. Get that confidence. Even if you lose, they played really well. Canton, I'm sure, is going to carry that into their Class S tournament. And and if they run into Trinity Catholic or they run into St. Paul or one of the other schools that's down in Class S, I think they'll be much better off for it. Yeah. Um, listen, this is the thing, as I've gotten into the state of girls' basketball, I, I, that I didn't realize that all these top teams do this. I knew it was some of the teams did. I knew Trumbull always tried to do it. But when I started looking across the state and seeing, hey, all these really good teams play all these other really good teams in December before they get into their conference schedules and in the beginning of January, and those teams are the ones that are probably going to be there at the end, yep. a, a lot of them, a lot of them. Uh, we are going to take a super quick break and be right back on – Give and go. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. We are back on Give and Go. Um, this week, since we were off for a few weeks, we wanted to just come on with me and Pete. Uh, moving forward, I think we're going to try to get guests on at least for half the show so you don't have to just listen to me. <laughs> yammering on about girls basketball but we're going to have some coaches on maybe some players other people that are involved with girls basketball in the state um i know that people are already getting interested in the coverage that we're trying to provide for girls basketball this season it's a really passionate community out yeah. there that it also feels like they don't get a lot of love over the years and and maybe they're right about that and the, the boys basketball gets a ton you know it's, yeah that's definitely the big thing um, there's a few unbeaten teams left uh, that have come through. Let's see, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams, and through all the classes that are unbeaten coming out of all that uh, December play. Uh, in Double L, we have Trumbull, uh, who we've talked about, um, and I didn't really mention this, but they have their, their two best players are sophomores. If you walked in the gym and you saw these two girls play, Palmieri and Barbado. You wouldn't even realize they were sophomores. They're both like 6'2". <laughs> one's a little taller than the other one. But they play with so much confidence. They're such good players. I can't imagine how good they're going to be in in two years when both of those girls are seniors. Because like, they're rolling right now. I mean, yeah, it even feels like the last couple of years they've been rolling. And Trumbull's kind of been, you know, they're there every year. You know, their teams don't have really good years. Like a couple of years ago, Stanford was really good. Yeah in the FCAC, and maybe we really haven't heard from Stanford that much since then. Obviously, when you graduate a player who goes to St. John's, yeah. you know, you're going to take a step back. But it just seems like Trumbull is always in the conversation since, like, 2013, it seems like. Yeah. And I could be it could be way before then, too, just from when I got in the mix, you know, going to those FCAC tournament games. They were always there, and they always seemed to be in the top ten, the top five. They're always consistently competing and the fact that they have two sophomores who were studs is well we're going to be talking about trouble for a while it seems like they have a really good feeder program um but also there's just some luck coming up that there's two girls in the same grade that are really good and one of them's really tall and they're both great athletes uh must but, be nice to be tall but they have a really nice 
really good system in place too. Yeah. You know, and the and the feeder program feeds right up into it. Stanford's really young this year. They you know they're mostly juniors. I think next year they'll be back. Um, so and that speaks to what Trumbull's doing is pretty incredible it's it's hard to be good that many years in a row yeah. and like this year i voted them down a little in the preseason poll everybody had them in the top five i had them like at eight because i was like they lost all their seniors <laughs> these girls are sophomores that yeah are gonna play and then i saw them play and i was like oh they don't play like those two girls don't play like sophomores at all yeah i think it's you know when you're a bigger program or a double l school it's a little different than or even a school with a good feeder program because you know a lot of you know farmington won last year they lost every starter from that team and you know everyone was still voting them high because hey they're a double l school you know this and this but i think it's a little different up in farmington than it is down in trumbull where like you know you're not rebuilding you're retooling yeah uh hamden and norwalk the other two unbeaten teams uh no one's really been that close to hamden or norwalk so far this year uh and that you know and, and hamden has played hall and mercy and hand uh they played mercy again tomorrow night uh, and then they are full, full on into their SEC schedule. You have to start thinking about them running the table in that league. Uh, there's still a few more roadblocks for them, obviously, but they're off to a great start. And we're not going to talk about the poll too much, but for some reason they're not getting the, <laughs> the number one vote. They got one more last week, so they had four, but they were still the third-ranked team, even though they had more votes than Trumbull. Uh, the votes are coming in for this week. New London's still getting a bunch of number ones. New London is really good. They're really good, and I, no one's disputing that. Yeah, they. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, I got to show. I got to see them play. Poof! Before it was right after Christmas. East Haven, right? Uh, yeah, when they yeah. played East Haven, when they were three and two in the poll. And let me just tell you this: they both of those teams are absolutely incredible. Getting to watch the freshmen. She's as good as advertised. I know we talked about her at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Like, a lot of people were hyping her up. And, you know, it's really hard to put a lot of pressure. And her name is Janya Bland Fitzpatrick. I just want to yeah. make sure I, yes. I say her name. She's awesome. She can ball. She, She's legit. <laughs> she took over at the beginning of the game. And then right on the other side, you had Mackenzie Helms for East Haven, East Haven who yeah. might be one of the best players in the state. I mean, look, she's going to Nebraska. I mean, that's not an accident. Nope. Uh, she was on the state championship team last year, and that was a really good game because uh, Blanche Fitzpatrick took over at the beginning, and then she made a couple of freshman mistakes. Yep. And, uh, you know, when you make mistakes against someone like, you know, Mackenzie Helms, she's going to make you pay. And she shot East Haven right back into the game, and then, unfortunately, she fell out. Blanche Fitzpatrick with the steal, puts him up. It was a pretty wild ending to the game, and those are two of the best teams in the state we're seeing going at it. I mean, she's she's gonna be a big time D one player. Uh, oh yeah, New London's another program, much like Trumbull, that just seems to reload every year. I'm sure they have a great feeder program. They have a coach in place. Like, it's not a mistake that these are the same teams yep. that we talk about every season. Uh, one surprise team that is undefeated right now is Foran. Foran? Or foreign. Foreign. You foreign. say foreign? No. Everybody says foreign. <laughs> you say foreign. <laughs> I might be the only one. You might be the Let only one. You did it during baseball, too. Oh, Sean Bully hates him. <laughs> Foreign. 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 I, 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 fine. <laughs> if that's what they want to call themselves, fine. I, I, I follow <laughs> the rules of English. It is Foreign. <laughs> Foreign. The Foreign Lions. Anyway, uh, they've been a real surprise team uh, starting out undefeated this year. Uh, they also haven't had a ton of close games. They had a five-point game against Law, 
which is <laughs> obviously a rivalry game for them. Uh, they have to play hand coming up next week. Uh, they got Cheshire. They get Wilbur Cross and Hill House on their schedule. So, but a great start for Fran. Foreign. <laughs> Can never get <laughs> it. Get it by baseball. <laughs> yeah, until the spring. Oh my oh, goodness. Man. No, they they've been they had a really good start to the season, and uh, but you know they're gonna get into that meat the uh, <clears throat> the meat grinder that SEC schedule, yes. and you know. You're, we're going to see what they're made of, and uh, those are some good teams that they're going to have coming their way. Yeah, and they're a Class L, so they're not going to be playing them in the States, but they do have to get through them in the regular season. Yes. Um, Colby out of the SWC is the only undefeated team in Class M. Uh, Colby's done a good job scheduling at a conference. They played uh, uh, Hill House. They played Darien. They played Stanford. They went to Scarsdale. They're playing Weaver. Uh Again, another team that feels like they're going to make the double the L tournament. Uh, no, the M tournament. They're playing M. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we just crown them M champions. <laughs> Apparently, at this point. Uh, but they're sort of they're beating everyone pretty good too. Yep. They had a close game with Weaver, forty-five, forty-two. Uh, other than that, they've kind of been ahead of everyone. Hillhouse was close with them, I think, for a while, and pulled away. That now they're getting into their SWC. Um, Newtown's really good in the SWC. I don't think they play them till late in the year. Newtown's a team we're not talking about. We haven't mentioned. I feel like that's in boys basketball as well. They're barely getting votes, yeah. but they're good. And the boys team is good too. Yep. But uh, I've talked to a few coaches that said, yeah, Newtown's really good. Pomperog's good. The SWC's got is sort of loaded and might be along with the CCC, which is just massive. Uh, you know, the best conference this year for girls basketball, top to bottom. Yeah. Because like we said, the, the FCAC I think is top-heavy this year, and I think the SEC is very top-heavy this year. So we'll see. Uh, and then down in Class S, there are two undefeated teams, uh, East Hampton. The Bell uh, Ringers. Is that their name, the Bell Ringers? The Bell Ringers. That's a great nickname. Wait, is it the Bell Ringers? Yeah, yeah, it's East Hampton Bell Ringers. I knew oh, my God, I didn't know that. What a great nickname. Yeah. And uh, Houstonic Regional. Hoosie, um, baby. Berkshire League. Hoosie. But they've played. They played immaculate. Look at that. They went out of conference. They went out of conference and beat immaculate. They beat Thomaston. Um, I think Thomaston might be a little down this yeah. year. Yeah, they beat Northwestern. It's uh, got seven wins. Northwestern. Fred Williams always does a good job with uh, the Highlanders up there. He's been there for a long time. Uh, as you can tell, when we talk about the Berkshire League, Pete really snaps into action. I do. I do. I know so much about the Berkshire League. <laughs> I love your Berkshire League knowledge. <laughs> I love. I love the Berkshire League. Uh, it's it's a great league. I mean, it really is like a. Just a small town. It is. It is the small league. of the small. And uh, I like that. So I was up in, um, this is not Berkshire, but I went up to Westbrook yesterday to do a story on Savannah Marshall. And I just loved the small high school, the small gym. Like Covering a game in those gyms, though, is kind of kind of stinks. It might be a little more difficult than the, than the bigger places. But <clears throat> there's something to be said about that like tight little thing and i can't imagine you know a few years ago they had a really good boys team they must have packed that gym up oh yeah i mean for busquetto right uh um, that busquetto Buschetto. Uh, but Buschetto, he was in the yeah. ecc oh but no even joe was talking about it if you don't listen to the boys oh he was waterford sorry uh, yeah Not if Westbrook. you don't listen to the boys podcast um they were talking about because the ecc moved the boys championships to mohegan awesome um, and they're thinking about moving the girls the year after. This is kind of like a one-year, let's see how it goes. And Mohegan's thing. letting them go in for I don't know what the deal is, but according to Mike DeMauro, the new London Day, it was a very – wasn't that 
expensive. Like, well, it, it makes really sense cool. for Mohegan because yeah. you, you get people in to go do the other activities that yes. you do Mohegan. It's right outside the door. Yeah. So, but Joe was saying how the shoreline, which is what Westbrook is in, yes, um, bounced around, and they were, they didn't like one year, they were playing at like a middle school, yeah. and it was packed, and then they moved it to the Floyd Little Center, and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't really get anybody yeah. and they moved it back and now it's back and I think they're playing in the middle school again this year so the shoreline is kind of like up in the air but if you could pack out those gyms and like you got like they're on the fans are on the floor I mean I'll tell you one thing going to a tech school to cover a game all the gyms are the same yeah they all look exactly like <laughs> it's the stage that's also used for the play and like it's not the best place to cover a game yeah. because like like I'm gonna be honest with you I don't like talking to anybody when I'm covering a game. No, you want to be I don't want to talk to parents. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, I'll talk to teachers if I know them or other coaches. I just want to like, do your job. Yeah, but I want to do my job. I don't want like a parent in my ear. Well, 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 what about this team? It's like, all right, I got it. Like, you know, we had, we got enough of that in football when they like follow something <laughs> down the sidelines, which is great. But when you're in a small gym and you can't go anywhere and yeah. you're like, oh, cause then you feel like maybe you're in the way. And like for what I do, I mean, I was at a hockey game down at Greenwich, Dorothy Hamill. And like, there were people all up the boards, and there's no really high place to shoot. Yeah. Because the netting's there, and it's just kind of a pain. So I was shooting, like, in the corner away, and they had this, like, makeshift stands. And, like, the there people sat there, and I'm standing there, and they're like, are you going to stand there the whole game? And it's like, yeah. Like, so by the end of the game, nobody was sitting in that one row. <laughs> it was just clean behind me. I'm like, all right, whatever. I start to feel bad, but then I'm like, no, nah, I don't. And that's the end of my rant. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but people have to understand in those spots, we have a job to do. We're not trying to get in the way, certainly, yeah. of anyone doing anything. Um, I want to talk about some top performers here from last week. We had a bunch over the holidays, too, that you can find on Game Time CT. The stories are up there always uh, to go look. These come out every Monday, uh, the fine performances and the games to go see. I urge you every Monday to check those out. I also urge you to get the Whistle newsletter. Yes, and, that's right. Sign uh, up. These things come right to your inbox every morning. So if you want Girls Hoop news, it comes right to your inbox, right to your phone. Click on it. Boom. You got all the scores. Boom. You got the top performers. Boom. Boom. <laughs> that should be the new commercial. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Fine performances from this week. Uh, the girl I just mentioned, Savannah Marshall from Westbrook, had a career-high 40 against Old Saybrook, which was part of a triple-double for her with 16 rebounds and 12 steals. 12 steals. 12 steals 12 is a steals. lot. That's absurd. That's that's absurd. That's absurd. Because uh, like, you'll see it, and we'll talk about this girl legitimately next. You see this more commonly in girls' basketball with getting the triple-double with blocks. More like 12 that. steals <laughs> is crazy. Uh, yeah, it's usually blocks or assists, but yeah. uh, 12 steals was really noteworthy. Uh, yeah, Ayanna Lopes from Trinity had a triple-double with 25, 16 rebounds, and 10 blocks against Staples. I was at that game. She had four blocks in the first quarter. She just completely dominated. Is she just, like, taller? And she She's just, tall. She she, I mean, she can jump really down. well. Well, yeah, but tall. I'm just saying she just, like, stick her hand up, and the ball's just, like... Sometimes, yeah. That must be nice, because, like, I've played, and, like... It's so upsetting when you get blocked, and then yeah. you grab the rebound, you go back, and they block it right back in your face again. She would do that to you. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm not. She would, she would stuff you. <laughs> if you if you know me, if you know me, you probably know that basketball is not my game. <laughs> Far from it. The um, jeans did not fall to me. No, they did not. Uh, he's got the hockey players, catchers, baseball catchers body. Thick. Thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, thickness. <laughs> Um, Liv Boney from Hall, <laughs> 23 <laughs> points and 10 rebounds. 
uh, against Northwest Catholic, which was a nice win for Hall, 62-57 in overtime. Uh, Vanessa Stoles Janner. That's as better than I would Stoles Janner. I, I'm gonna. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name. Stoles to Janner. To Janner. Uh, from Cromwell. Let us know. Had a game high 24, uh, 25 points uh, and eleven rebounds against Portland. Uh, Lauren Keel from East Windsor had twenty five points in a big win for East Windsor over Bolton. Um, which every time I read that name Bolton, I just think of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and I hate very them. Negative. I hate the Bolton family. <laughs> I'm always like, oh, House Bolton, House Bolton. But the Bulldogs, <laughs> Bulldogs are fine. The Bulldogs are fine, but House House Bolton, get out of here. Get lost, House Bolton. Did you uh, did you see the the little promo that HBO dropped on Sunday? I did. That was uh, interesting. I did. I didn't, I didn't really like that. I didn't like. I I mean, you knew it was coming anyway. Yeah. But like, I didn't like that they showed that. No. No, because like. I don't know. It's just I'm look, there's so much stuff that's coming out in 2019 if we're talking movies and shows like right. at this point I, I don't even want to see the, just give it to me. Just just give me everything. Just I don't want it. I just want it. Like yeah. like uh, Avengers, like I'm a huge You don't want trailers, MCU. teasers. Yeah, stop with the trailers. Just give me Captain Marvel. Just give me Endgame. That's all I want. I I, I don't need any more trailers. Just, just, just give it to me. Give me Game of Thrones. <laughs> that is official <laughs> Pete request. Uh not sure anyone out there can help. <laughs> but in some ways, I agree. Like, stop teasing me. Just show It's it been me. over a year for Game of Thrones. We all know it's coming. It's been over a year for Game of Thrones. Um, we met, we talked about Wilbercross <laughs> Hill House. That was one of our games to see. That was last night. Uh, Wilbercross, like we said, won. Uh, there's a few other really good games this week. Uh, mostly, we're getting into conference play now, so not many crossover games. Um Pomparag is at Newtown. Like we said in the SWC, these two teams are really good. I, I'm excited to see them play against each other. Uh, that's tonight at 7. Uh, tomorrow night, we have East Haven at hand, which are two teams in the SEC which have both taken a couple losses, but we both think are really good and teams that are going to make runs in the state tournaments. Uh, the game I'm going to be at Thursday, uh, I'm really excited about this one, Norwalk at Trinity Catholic. Uh, we get Iana Lopes going against Ashley Wilson of Norwalk. They that won't be a good one. go one on one because Ashley's These are a guard. Two but. of the better players in the FCAC going head to head. I mean, it will be interesting to see because you know Ashley might not be guarding Lopes, but if Ashley gets going, it wouldn't be surprised if you see a bigger player like Lopes try and take Ashley out of the game. That's true, and Trinity has a few other girls that could probably stick with Wilson. Um, in Kyla Nolan, uh, so Kyla, I don't know who's going to guard her, but I would think it would be Kyla Nolan. But I'm really excited. Those those two girls are all state. I mean, they're legit all state players. So to see yep. them on the same court is going to be fun. I think. Um, that speaking of tiny gyms, Trinity's got a tiny gym, but even the but its bleachers are even bigger than Westbrook's. Um, Bloomfield and Hall Thursday up in the CCC. Uh, Hall's had a rough start, but I think we feel, and I, I've talked to some of the other people that are voting. Hall's a good team. They've yep. just had some losses early in the year. Uh, another team that's probably going to enter the tournament as like a mid or low seed and, and knock somebody off and scare people. Um, hey, Brookshire League. What North, up? Northwestern at Gilbert. What's Gilbert's nickname? Yellow Jackets. <laughs> it's, the, uh, it's the Battle of Winston. Nice. Winstead? Is it, are they both in Winstead? Yeah, but Northwestern has kids from like Barkhampstead and sure. towns up there. And yeah. Yeah, I think Wins- I think Gilbert – you might have to take a test to get in. I forgot. Northwestern, I forget the girl's name now. She transferred from 
Enfield, and she's playing really well, and I apologize for forgetting her name. Um, they have Fred Williams. They will always be competitive with Fred Williams leading that program. <laughs> yeah, they're a good school. Uh, and the Berkshire League, as I said, we, we always love the Berkshire League. It's especially Pete's favorite. Yes, but. it's my favorite conference. Uh, Watertown at St. Paul in the NVL. Um, you know, I'm still trying to figure out <clears throat> who the best teams in the NVL are. I think the NVL is still trying to figure out who the best team in the NVL <laughs> is. I mean, Holy Cross is always is always a, com- a competitive team in that conference. Um, yeah. They're just year in and year out. They're always good uh st paul as well yeah i mean those but again those are two private schools that i just named so but watertown seven and one right now ansonia six and two seymour six and two naugatuck six and two you know i i I, so i'm really i'm trying to figure out if it's the city schools if it's the more suburban schools there so i think that st paul watertown is a pretty interesting matchup uh in the nvl this week yes uh then we go out to the ecc for the big i like I'm not going to this game, but Saturday night games always seem to, like, shine a little brighter for teams. And yeah, I mean, it's cool that they get to play Saturday night games. Yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of covering Saturday night games. <laughs> of course not, right? But um, I but get it. New London at Stonington. One thing I wished, and that, you know, we talked about that Wilbur Cross Trumbull game. I wish they played more games in between conferences on Saturday afternoons. Yeah. It was awesome. There was a bunch of coaches there from other double L schools scouting. Well, that's why like, coaches don't want to play those. So. Right. <laughs> it's exactly. It's the same thing with football. But you know what? Like, I love Saturday games. We're like, yeah, we hate them. <laughs> well, the Wilbur Cross and Trumbull, they didn't seem to care. I mean, they're like, yeah. you're going to see us anyway on video. Yeah. And, and I think they, it's nice to stand alone and yeah. have a nice game the like thing, that. The thing with New London and Stonington playing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb here. <laughs> Crazy hot take. You ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. You look at who Stonington's played, and you look at who kind of New London's played, and you're kind of like okay new i don't care that stonington's got eight wins new london's got seven wins new london is the best team in the ecc and, oh, oh clear, uh, i clearly, think they're gonna yes i get that stonington has eight wins but they go out of state a lot and i just i mean this is i new london is just gonna they're gonna they, i think this is gonna be one of their easier games i don't care about the win totals fair enough but let them decide hot take of the day baby <laughs> Uh, I, I think just record-wise, though, Stonington oh, yeah. deserves the mention. But I just, I think New I London just, is, is the ECC is so confusing, and they, they're always a mess with what schools play who and who doesn't want to play who, and they kind of open up their schedules where like teams like New London can go schedule like better opponents, and then they'll go cross state border and pad their win total. Yeah, and, and we both said. We think New London is legit top three team in the state, the if not team. the best team I mean, in the they, state. I, um, I, no one in the state's really been close to them other than East Haven, who played them really well that day. East Haven could have won that game. 66-63. I mean, I guess Cap Prep was within eight points. but um, And then New London did lose a game. I mean, they lost to that team from South Kingston, Rhode Island, so who knows what that yeah. was all about. Uh, we uh, are going to put out the mailbag. We're going to put a mailbag link in with the podcast link when we tweet it out. Send us questions. If you have any questions related to girls basketball or anything else you want to talk to Pete and I about, even if it's about you know, movie trailers, uh, just send us. Yeah, the I'm actually <laughs> I'm I'm all in. If you guys want to talk movie trailers, maybe we'll start a movie podcast. Okay, that'll be next week. <laughs> It'll just be legitimately about superhero movies because I am all in on superhero movies. But um, now back to girls basketball. Back to girls basketball. <laughs> so listen, send us questions in the mailbag. Uh, the questions for soccer really got things going here. Uh, we're going to try to have some guests on next week and moving forward uh, for the second half of the show or the first half of the show or some half of the show. In part of the show. Eh, <laughs> Maybe a the, third. Part of the show. We'll let you know where it will be. <laughs> but listen, for Pete, I'm Scott. This has been Give and Go. We will see you next time. Later. <laughs>